0: Today our scripture reading is going to be in 1 Peter 2, 9-10. I invite you to open your Bible so we can all read together. And please stand up. <laughs> Let's read. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into this wonderful light. Once he had no ident- once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. This is a wonderful this is a wonderful paragraph, wonderful verse of the Bible, because we can all be identified as God's people. Today, we, we have brought a very beautiful message to you. and um, it's, it's difficult sometimes to live in the light, specifically when we live in this world full of darkness. Every single day we make decisions, every single day we, we are able to impact someone's life. I ask I you today, so please t- sit down so we can, and please listen to my sermon, to what I'm trying to say, because I hear people talking and I would like you to listen. Thank you. So we're, cho- we're chosen to be God's people. We're chosen to be, to be different in this world, to make an impact unto into others. In our Bible, we have many people that God has chosen. Who's your favorite character? Mine. friend of Bible is Paul. Paul was someone who was able to preach to others. He didn't have anything against this. He didn't have, he had no shame to, to be the one who talked to others and say, you're wrong. This is, this is why, because God said this, this, and that. He was, he was not ashamed of saying to everyone that he was a Christian, and God changed him. God has, God has the power of changing every each of you. So does Abraham. Abraham, the father of all nations, he was able to say, I am different, I am going to leave my city, I'm going to go, and go whatever God tells me to go. And if somebody asks him, so where are you going? He said, I don't know yet, I just know I'm going. And it's just walking by faith. Today God calls us to walk by faith, to be his chosen people. And I hope every each of us can take the message, listen carefully to the words that 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 the youth have brought today. They have worked really hard for this, this specific section. I ask you to open your heart for the message so God can use them to deliver a message to you.
1: You probably know that Abraham was an old man when God promised him a son. But Abraham was already an old man even before he began his journey with the one true God. At 75, Abraham, then known as Abram, was living in Haran when God made himself known and called Abram to leave. Back then, even when people lived a lot longer than they do now, 75 years was a long time to settle into your ways. But God called Abram into a new relationship with his creator and into a whole new world and life view. It was 25 years later, when Abraham was much older, that he and his wife and Sarah were gifted with Isaac. All this shows that it is never too late to submit to God's plan for your life.
2: Abraham lived in Mesopotamia, known by the scholars as one of the first civilizations of the world. scriptures tell us that um, Abraham was a native of a city located in Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia is well known of being one of the first civilizations of the world, and according to archeologists, U.R. was a port city and a urban center located in, in Persian Gulf. It is what, um, it was this city that Abraham was called, having to spend his life living at the edge of the water. Um, Abraham must have found um, Anoint life, a big transition. Who's
1: next? Abraham had been called from city life to remove him from the temptations at home. Joshua 24.2 tells us that Abraham's father was a worshiper of idols, which likely means that idol worship was familiar to Abr- Abraham uh, as well. Leaving behind his father's house meant leaving behind everything that was familiar, including his religion. This new God, Yahweh, must have seemed very mysterious because he chose to communicate directly with Abram. While the false idols of Abram's youth were understood to be distant gods who did not personally connect, this difference may have been one of the deciding factors in Abraham's choice to follow God's leading.
3: Every marriage has its own trials and tribulations, but Abraham made some big mistakes and didn't seem to learn from them. Abraham lied to two different kings that his wife Sarah was actually his sister to be spared. Fortunately, both kings learned the truth and returned Sarah to her husband. But did Abraham actually lie? In Genesis 20 verse 12, Abraham actually tells King Abimelech that Sarah is the daughter of his father but not of his mother, and Mosaic laws regarding marriage between family, family was not written at least another 500 years. And when the Bible uses terms like brother and sister, it uses it loosely to regard a distant relative or actually a true sibling.
2: In Noah's time, in Noah's time, every other family was wiped out by the flood. This means that every every person on earth is a descendant of Noah, and Abraham is no exception. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Abraham was in the line of Shem and was the 10th generation of Noah. Three generations later, um, Abraham's grandson, Jacob, had 12 sons, and they were the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel.
1: In God's first promise to Abraham, he told him to leave his father's
4: household um, land and travel to a new land, to go to the promised land
1: and um, he got—he never really experienced the fulfillment of his promise during his lifetime
4: but because most of his life he was a no match having from place to place. So all he ever owned was a burial site that he used to bury Sarah um, and it was in a cave in some field but that burial site was a representation
1: to the Israelites that soon Joshua would be able to conquer as the promised land.
4: The sermon that I will be giving to you guys today is called Abraham, Leaving the Familiar. The the Bible text that this sermon is based off is Genesis 12, verse one to three. May we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful Sabbath that you've allowed us to enjoy in your presence. Dear Lord, now that we are going to learn about how y- abraham left the familiar and how that can affect us today please god protect us please allow us to learn from this and to better understand your word please allow the words that i will speak not to be mine but to be inspiration from you Do lord please God, protect everyone here in your name amen genesis 12 verse 1 to 3 says now the lord said to abram Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abram's past. Abram came from a city called Ur of the Chaldeans. Ur er was not a godly place. They were drinking and having parties and worshiping other gods. Abraham was just too comfortable being around such ungodly people that God had to extract him. Abram was called by God. God spoke only to Abram with specific instructions. We can find these instructions in Genesis 12, verse 2 to 3. Abraham did not follow all the instructions. The instruction clearly said, Go get out of your country from your family, your comfort zone, your familiar territory, your area of influence, your job, your business partners and friends. Abraham was uncomfortable with his family's sins and the pleasures of sin. So for God to do what he needed to do with him, he must extract Abraham from this environment. What is God trying to do with you? And are you resisting to be obedient to his calling? Abram was called by God. Abraham was obedient to God's instructions, but Abel but added his own twist to it. Just like Eve added her own twist to God's instructions. This instruction is found in Genesis 2, verse 17. The instruction said that they should not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But when the servant tested Eve in Genesis 3, verse 7, 2, she said that they should not touch the tree. She added her own claws to it. This is also, this is also what Abraham did, and did in his life. God said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family. That was simple and clear instruction, but he added his own twist to it, taking Lot, his nephew, along with him. How are you putting a twist to God's laws and ordinances? Are you picking and choosing what or how the law of God should be, have been written? The law of God said, honor your father and your mother, but you might say, I'll do, it, I'll do it my way, because God did not say, do everything your parents say. That is your own twist. You might also take the, take the commandment, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. But you might say, I may watch this football or this show later. I might watch this football or the show now. After all, I'm not doing any work on the Sabbath, and so on. Problems. Along the way, Abram had to get familiar with trusting God and not relying on himself. You can see this when he does not trust God in giving him a child. He first relied on himself and heeds to his wife's demand by taking his maidservant Haggai to himself. Let us note that Abraham is familiar with God's voice and his trustworthiness in his words, but he, choose, but he chose to trust his own conscience, just like many of us do today. Many of us today would say, I followed my instinct. Our instinct by nature is corrupt, and following it leads to corruption but man, but the man or woman who is filled with the Holy Spirit follows the voice of the Spirit and not her, his or her instinct. A, ver, a Bible verse that shows this is John 3, 6. It says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Another Bible verse, Romans 8, verse 6, captures it this way. For the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. Your twist may cause ruins. You remember the instruction God gave to Abraham to leave his family, but took his nephew. Here the nephew became a thorn in his flesh. Greed took over him and quarrels exploded within. Sometimes we must let go of what we cherish and settle with what is not as comfortable as we wanted just to let God work his purpose out. Abraham, for the sake of peace, had to let go and had to settle with lust. Now Abraham is now Abraham is usable by God and has let go of his twist and in that condition, God is willing to work with him. God is willing to work with you, but you must let go of your twists. Changed. Abram, when, when he was 99, God declared, his new name to be Abraham. The name Abraham means father of many nations. God gave gave him a sign of this covenant known as circumcision. God also declared Sarai's name to be changed to Sarah. He also blessed her and told Abraham that of her would be born a son. This was unbelievable even for God's man, Abraham. Abram fully dropping the familiar and trusting God. Abram fully dropped the familiar of trusting, the familiarity of trusting himself, for trusting God when God asked him to sacrifice his firstborn son as an offering, and as we know, Abraham did it. In this, dupl- in this display, it truly tells us to trust him and that he will always have that he always has a plan like abraham we sometimes are not comfortable not being surrounded by familiar things like abraham we must leave the familiar leaving the familiar in our lives may be leaving the sin behind that one sin that we cherish so much that in our lives today could be leaving the familiar thank you about Saul. During his brief years of ministry, he had never seen Jesus. However, he had interacted with many of the disciples, especially in Jerusalem. He was a Jew by birth, and there were questions about his commitment to Judaism before and after his Christ- his conversion to Christianity. So the Jews plotted to kill him, but he came to know of their plan, and the Jew- and the disciples led him through the wall at night. In second in Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verses one to ten. Paul remembers being caught up to the third heaven. There, he he experienced things beyond words. After this, he became prideful. So God sent workers of Satan to humble him. This is called Paul's thorn in the flesh. So three times, Paul asked God to take this away from him. But God said, my grace is enough for you. In times, Paul prayed for stuff that he, that he, the, Paul prayed for things that he wanted, Paul prayed for things that he wanted to happen, but in time, like these, we should imitate Paul and trust God's understanding more than our own. When you read Acts of the Apostles, you think Paul went straight into ministry after his conversion, but that's actually not true. Uh, this is Paul's point of view um, after his conversion. I did not go into Jerusalem, um, after I converted, I went to Arabia and then to Damascus after three years and returned
2: to Jerusalem to stay with Saifus for 15 days, Galatians 1, 16
4: to 18. Um, we don't know exactly what he did in Arabia, but I think that he probably either so a lot of time studying, praying,
2: and reading the Old Testament.
3: It is a common misconception that God changed Paul's name to Saul, like others, like Abram to Abraham, but it was never actually indicated in Acts that there was a name change. Luke just started calling Paul, Paul, Paul when he started his ministry with no actual indication. So, It's So the reason why the name change happened is because Paul and Saul are both actually his names. Paul is his Greek name and Saul is his Hebrew name. When he started ministering to Gentiles, he started going by Paul because most of those Gentiles were Greek.
5: My name is John James and the title of my sermon is When You Need to Be Straightened Out. Paul always thought he was doing the right thing by persecuting Christians. But one day, he got a stark wake-up call on the way to Damascus. In Acts 9 verses 1 to 8, it states, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found anyone there who belonged to the way, whether man or woman, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. The voice said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you be told what you must do next. The men traveling with Saul heard the voice, but saw no one. But in spite of that, they helped him into the city. A lot of times, we need that wake-up call. We assume that we're doing God's will or his chosen work, but it's far from it. Paul's is an example of someone blindly following his own or another's will without actually consulting with God to see if that's what he wants us to do. Now, you have to seek God diligently in prayer to get this kind of consultation. You need to study. You need to have devotion. And we don't actually know what Paul's true story behind it is, but we do know that he was dedicated to God. And when he went after the Christians, he thought he was doing the right thing. This is why he actually turned to Christianity so easily, because upon realizing what his problem is, he immediately changed. It wasn't instantaneous, but it was a gradual process where he was cooperating with God and not constantly fighting with him. Well... This is something that many people struggle with. I struggle with it, we all struggle with it. In fact, have you ever had someone come up to you in church or maybe after church or even publicly and call you out for something? Well, this brother or sister might have thought that they were doing the right thing by calling you out on that, but they weren't. In fact, Matthew 18 verse 15, which states, moreover, if your brother or sister sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. This means that they shouldn't have done that, but because they thought that they were doing the right thing, they thought that it was God endowed, God had given them the right, but they weren't actually consulting with God. That's why we need to pray daily. Whatever we're doing, we have to go through the day, pray. If we're going to leave our house, we need to pray. Before we drive, we need to pray. Everything we do, we need to pray. We need to consult with God to see if that is his will for our lives. Now, We oftentimes find ourselves defending these actions, though. And these actions that we defend are obviously wrong. Proverbs 26, verse 11 says, A fool who repeats his foolishness is like a dog who goes back to what he has thrown up. We often find ourselves being like that dog. Instead of being like Paul and turning from our wickedness, we constantly go back over and over and over and over again without any remorse. This constant cycle hinders us from truly seeking God's path for our lives, whatever that may be. Think of it like this. God has to call us, right? You know, when your parents call you, right? And you're supposed to come, you're supposed to respond, but you don't always respond. You might ignore them or continue with what you're doing. Well, your parents have to take action to make sure you pay attention. God has to do the same thing. For example, If you're always lazy, lying around, not doing what you're supposed to do, maybe God will allow you to be fired from your job as a wake-up call. Or maybe you're always on your phone. Maybe God will allow your phone to break, a genuine opportunity for you to spend more time with him. This is why, brothers and sisters, we must always take the opportunity to look back and see what is God trying to teach us through this situation. Instead of sitting there and stewing on what's wrong with it, maybe we should look and see what is God going to bring out in me. Why is he putting me through this trial? Because everything God gives us, we can overcome. We need to turn and look through the road. We need to look down the road to Damascus. We need to change. We need to look forward. 2 Timothy 2 verse 21 says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. This means that we have to change and allow ourselves to be set apart for whatever God wants for our lives. In John 8, verse 40 to 44, Jesus speaks to his siblings. This is the conversation that ensued. As it is, you were looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from my God. Your father, Abraham, did not do such things. You were doing the work of your own father. Now, Jesus' siblings responded, saying, we are not illegitimate children. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, and he turned to them and said, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have come from God. I have not come on my own, God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and not holding to the truth. There was no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. Why? Because the devil is the father of lies. This verse calls out lukewarm Christians who claim God as their father, but refuse to follow his laws, refuse to heed to his will, and above all, refuse to respect our God. These people, sorry, in the same manner, when we refuse To allow Jesus to work on our hearts, when we refuse to allow us to change us, we, by default, belong to Satan. Just like the rich young ruler who rejected heaven upon hearing the cost, his riches, (laughs) it's impossible. Impossible for us to reach heaven without turning to Christ. In fact, Mark 10.27 says, with people it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. This means that upon following, turning to God, we can find release, help, and comfort with whatever we are struggling with. So I implore you to turn to God and walk in his chosen path for your life. Thank you.
0: Wasn't it wonderful to hear the words from God from our youth? Yes, it was. One thing I would like to, to share today is that We can connect Abraham and we can connect Paul together. I don't know if you guys know the book of Romans, but the book of Romans is is written by Paul. And in chapter four, Paul specifically talks about Abraham. And I was just meditating on what I was, what am I going to share? Like, how can I connect everything God? Like, just help me. And it's amazing when Isabella was saying, yeah, God can work miracles because I remember specifically the words that I needed to share because I heard the, her song. And sometimes we live a life where it's like, we think, how am I supposed to be chosen? Like, how do I know if I'm chosen? I believe that every each of us have been chosen by God. And as how God God guide, guided in the past people to write our Bible, we know there's a premise that our angels write our lives. We have a book, and every each of us has a, has a book. And it's amazing because everything we do, everything we think, every, every intention has been written by our angels. And, and how do we connect our present life with Abraham and Paul? If you read chapter four of Romans, you will be able to find that Abraham, just as us, he lived a life of, of trials. It wasn't easy for him to live. It wasn't easy for Paul to preach. We he, They were humans and we are humans too. And it's amazing because the way they write this wonderful, wonderful prophets is like their life were were amazing, like God was there, God guided them. but have you ever thought about what's the difference in timeline between one chapter to the other? Maybe it was a year, maybe it was five years, we don't know, and only God knows. But we have a book too, and maybe one chapter is been written today, and maybe the next chapter will be written here in like two or three years. It's a matter of us choosing specifically when when our angels are gonna read our chapters. If I decided to do something good for God today, I am pretty sure my angel will write it down in my book, and if I decided to do something wrong, or something that goes against my faith, my angel will write it too. It depends, like we choose, we choose when our angels are going to write our books, and how many acts of kindness, how many acts of, of, of faith, specifically, in our lives, those, those things are, are what our angels are going to write. And I just want every each of us to meditate in this and to think about, to bring something, to bring the message from today and apply it into our lives in the present that what we live right now is not easy. And we need to read our Bible, choose the example, follow the example of Abraham and follow the example of Paul to have a life that when god comes from the second time and when we read our book it's going to it's going to say oh rena did this today she was she was chosen by god and she preached isabella decided to not get discouraged in her in her song and she tried again and she sang. and maybe those words from those from the song changed somebody or brought somebody to christ or maybe today i don't know John decided to preach today and he wasn't feeling good, let's say he didn't, but he chose to preach. That does, that it, that it, that's what it means to be chosen, to decide something that goes against our human nature and to, and to do it for God. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everything you do for us. You're a God, Of mercy, you're a God of love, a God of kindness, your goodness is is great. We don't deserve you and even though we live a life where we think about the things we're gonna do tomorrow and the things we're gonna do the next day, you're still caring for us and you told us every single day to open our Bible, to read your Word and to think in you. It's hard. We know human nature is to be selfish, to be to judge others, to be jealous. But you called us to be righteous. You called us to live a life in the spirit, and that's that's a that's a verse in the Bible that says there's a verse in the Bible that says that everything that comes that is good comes from the Holy Spirit comes from the Spirit, and this is this is amazing because. Even though we're humans, we can still live a life where there's virtues, there's righteousness, there's everything, only by, only by the guidance of you. And that is that is something that warms my heart to think that even in today, we can all live as Abraham, we can all live as Paul, even in turbulence, even in trials, you are there with us. And that's that's something that I want every each of us to bring back to into their house and, and keep in their, ha- in their hearts and to share to others that our life our lives have a purpose, a purpose to bring more people to Christ and to show to others that you have chosen us. In your name I pray today for a blessing in every each, every each of us in their houses, in their problems, so they can see your hand in their lives in this week. In your name I pray in Jesus' name, amen.